This is Alex. And this is James. And you're listening to the American Toffee Podcast. Welcome, Blues, to our post-match recording. After the Blues registered a 1-0 win against Arsenal, it is now three wins on the bounce. I'm sure spirits are high. I hope everyone had a great weekend. Capped off with that nerve-wracking but very immensely satisfying win. Alex, your instant reaction. Man, I'm feeling great. I was up to like 3 a.m. and I was not mentally prepared to even watch it live like at, at all. But I woke up at 8.30 because I was sleeping on someone's couch. I was I was out of town. I'm not like a a, a hoodlum. <laughs> yeah. But uh, <laughs> woke up at like 8.30 and I'm like, you know what? I'm awake. I'd rather just watch the match now. And boy, was I given a treat. It was a fantastic performance. You know, it was it was kind of a shaky first five minutes, but otherwise very well-rounded, pretty much controlled the match for for most of the 90. And, you know, as, as other people were saying on Reddit, that was probably the most complete performance we've seen all season other than the finishing. Right. And, and I want to touch on all of that stuff. I do just want to backtrack a little bit first because I woke up at eight 30 as well to a tweet from the toffee blues. And they were, it was a picture showing Yours truly in the match day program for the Arsenal game, uh, my picture with Ozzy, which if you haven't seen it, you definitely don't follow us on social media because I blasted it everywhere. <laughs> um, it was unbelievable. Like I was speechless and I had a huge grin on my face for a while and it's really cool. They didn't shout us out. They didn't give us a pod, the podcast to shout. So um, disappointing in that regard, but a just like a surreal on top of meeting Leon Osman last weekend, like even more surreal to see a picture, like my mug, my ugly mug <laughs> in, in the match day program, crazy, crazy stuff. And of all the things, like there's been a lot of really cool stuff since we started doing this podcast, like even starting with getting the Twitter accounts, like when they followed us and we started interacting with them, I thought that was super cool. Having John Clegg on, there's been so many different things. And this was just another, it's, it's really amazing doing this podcast and we really appreciate everyone who supports us and listens and the growth we've been seeing and the interaction with fans has been pretty unbelievable. And then to compound it all, we're starting to look like an actual team. And like you said, Alex, a dominant performance off of the back of the West Ham game last weekend, which was widely regarded as the best performance under Marco Silva to follow that up immediately with another amazing performance is this team starting to develop some consistency three wins on the bounce it's hard to argue yes but i also want to backtrack if you're listening right now help james out he was asking earlier on twitter if everton could send him the match day program just a copy of it because he did indeed feature we haven't heard anything send out a tweet right now with us with that picture with Everton tagged and help us get a match day program to James with his, with his picture in it. Or if you have an extra one, then I'm, I, we will pay you for the post to send I'll it to I'll give you a million dollars. Minus a million dollars. Minus well, 999. 
Yeah, nine nine nine. Okay, I'll pay postage at least. Like, please, I want it. I want to. I want that picture. I want it like framed or something because it's incredible. So help us don't, out. Don't like harass everything. Right no, yeah, harass tweet. them. Harass them. <laughs> don't harass. Get our harass. names in everyone's mouths. But if you All could right. kindly suggest, it'd be cool. But yeah, we, we're digressing really quickly here. All right, consistency, so Alex. Yes, nonetheless, back to it. Consistency, a hundred percent. But the crazy part is, and, and I think everyone knew this, but it, we just didn't know when it would ever come or if it would ever come again. It's just confidence, right? Like it's just confidence. And it comes straight off of the fact that we were able to tie Liverpool at home X amount of weeks ago. Since then, other than 20 minutes against Newcastle, the team has just been on another level. And it's super important to continue to push this way because we definitely still have a real shot at getting seventh place. If if any of these teams above us, you know, look as consistent as we do or, or as likely as we do, um, I think that's or let me let me put it this way. I don't think any of them look as likely as we do to continue in the form necessary to to cement themselves. So it's really important to push for that seventh place and to just show the rest of the world, the other recruits that might be watching that brands may be interacting with already, that this is what you're coming to next season, not the team that you saw play in January. Right, exactly. And we are now, based on the last six results, we are fourth in the form table behind only City, Leicester, and the Red Shite. And so the consistency, like you said, and then you look at the, the teams that were around and Wolves are sitting 10th and Watford are 15th. So this is like the right time to get hot right as the race for seventh heats up. And I think a lot of it is just attributed to finally finding the balance in the side. It it I don't want to put anything directly on Theo Walcott because actually I thought he was a very productive substitute today. But with him not starting anymore and Richarlison on the right instead, the balance is just so, so much better. And even though Richarlison didn't even have his best game because Bernard, the left-hand side of Dean and Bernard, unbelievable today. Bernard's tricks, his finesse, his technical ability, just jaw-dropping at times, honestly, like in tight spaces, just to maneuver around and, and get out of those areas. And then Richarlison making some really, really clever runs in behind, looking to get in behind, keeping the Arsenal back line honest, making sure that they couldn't couldn't cheat up. And he was found a couple of times over the top with some really, really nice runs. And I think that that balance overall is just giving everyone confidence. If one side isn't working, if one area of the pitch, we're not really having a lot of luck, then you just switch it up. And then you you don't put too much pressure on any one player. And I think the players finally are starting to have confidence in each other. Be, you know, a lot of other factors contributing, but I think that those are some of the main key ones. And the other thing is, it's just nice to see them actually look and feel as a unit. It, I mean, even just watching, you know, thousands of miles away on a TV or an iPad, for example, it's very easy to tell when teammates are not kind of together as one. They're not working for each other on the pitch. If you go back and look at the highlight of the goal and the celebration in like the 10th minute, everyone was just hyped that it happened. Nobody cared how it went in or or who scored. It looks like a team that are cohesive. They obviously believe in Marcus Silva very much, but they also, more importantly, believe in each other. And every single one of them are performing like they deserve the the belief. 
Yeah, and this first 11 that we have now settled is really, I think, on paper, good enough for seventh place without a doubt. And you're right, a lot of credit goes to Marco Silva for keeping the team together when times were tough. It was a really long couple months of not a lot of positive results to turn to. And like you said earlier, when confidence gets low, it's not really something that's easy easily regained. And you saw it play out when you have players, midfield players receiving the ball back to goal and immediately looking to pass it back, immediately looking to pass it back. Whereas today you had players, A, constantly looking to turn and get the ball forward, but even B, when the back passes were made, there was a purpose behind it. It was to move the ball from side to side. It was to get Arsenal to have to adjust their defensive position. And I thought we exploited the space incredibly well. A lot of the one-two passing was above and beyond anything else that I've seen from us in a long, long time, not just this season, but maybe multiple years, maybe since Roberto Martinez. I mean, some really clever runs, giving goes, and Andre Gomez in particular, some, there's no real way to describe it. Like he is class and we've said it before and we'll say it again, sign him up now, throw every dollar you have at him. Some just slicing through balls that would find runners. His vision is is unbelievable. Gilfie Sigurdsson had four key passes today. He should have had probably two or three goals. And then, you know, just reading off some stats here, the passing percentage of our midfield three, Sigurdsson, 88%, Gomez, 89%, Ghana, 84%. Against an Arsenal team that's fourth in the table. Like that just can't be discounted. You can't hype that up enough. That is remarkable and deserves to deserves all the plaudits that they're getting. Our midfield has been our strongest point, honestly. And the crazy thing is a lot of fans talk about how our midfield is not deep enough. You know, people want to complain about Ghana or Sigurdsson. Nobody ever complains about Gomez because he's beautiful. But uh, (laughs) So beautiful. Right. But the point is, our midfield, the quality in midfield in those starting three players is actually astonishing. And, And, you know, some people just let kind of like, the so-called FIFA rating mindset get in the way of the fact that, you know, these, these guys are very comparable to a lot of the top teams in the league. And I know maybe, maybe I'll just get absolutely burned at the stake for saying that, but it's true. As you said, Sigurdsson, probably not the best match just because of the fact that he just couldn't seem to get his, his, you know, shooting boots on or tightly fastened. But, uh, Otherwise, just a really solid performance. And I think it showed, you know, during the course of the week, Michael Keane mentioned to the media that with Marco Silva, you know every single match exactly what's what's going to happen and what you're expected to do. And he said it's been giving the players a lot of confidence because they know exactly in every situation, right? Specifically, Arsenal started in a back five, so they all understood, okay, this is where you need to be, this is where you need to exploit space. And then they moved to a back four, and guess what? They moved to a back four, maybe they built three or four minutes of, of momentum, and then Everton killed it again because they were ready for that change. Yeah, exactly. And again, that's a testament to Marco Silva. There is something to be said for football, soccer is a very simple game. You just have to score more goals than your opponent, but it's really a lot more than that. And the details, the fine details are where games are won and lost. And we've lost a fair few this season because of minute details. Losing our head on a set piece or two, resulting in easy goals, not marking well. 
but it seems like knock on wood that a our set piece woes have kind of been ironed out. We look rock solid on defense. And actually, I have a little stat here for you, Alex. I love stats. Everton's 23. This is from at Matt Cheatham on Twitter. Shout out to Matt. Everton's 23 shots versus Arsenal. Their most in 64 Premier League games. 10 different players with an attempt at goal. And now this is this is the real kicker here. Face just 10 shots across the last two games combined. So not only do you have this offense that's finally coming into its own and really finding a rhythm, but you have a defense which was really what you could attribute to a lot of our our failings for much of the year, the lack of of concentration on set pieces, just conceding stupid goals because we haven't conceded very many pl- goals from open play, and now we've kind of shored up the rest, and you've got a now a rock solid defense that that looks confident in coming out onto a bunch of attacking players who look like they're having a lot of fun playing together. And it's just fun to watch. It's so fun. And it brought a smile to my face. The last 20 minutes of the game, I was super nervous knowing that it's Everton and we could have easily bottled that and conceded too. And then we didn't. And it's just different from what we've come to expect. And I'm very much okay with it. hundred percent. It's almost like I, it's almost like the fan base forgets that we, have conceded the most on set pieces in the league, or at least as of, you know, a couple weeks ago. We've been really solid in open play. I I mean, I could have told you that three months ago, but it's just those minute details. It's it's really great to see players like Michael Keane and Kurt Zuma working well together. I really hope Yuri Amina ends up working out. But it's also a testament to the fact that Seamus Coleman has been able to just pick himself up and he looks like the Seamus Coleman of two, three, four years ago again. And then, you know, someone we haven't even mentioned at all today, I don't think, in any detail at least, Phil Jagielka comes in after barely kicking a ball this season, last minute. Like, I think in in 30 minutes leading up to the match is when it was decided that he was going to play. And he was dominant. I mean, scored a goal, which... I mean, great for him, right? Good reaction. But otherwise, you know, people were trying to, Arsenal fans specifically were trying to clown the fact that Lacazette versus Jagielka, I think I saw a tweet, just give us the three points now. Well, joke's on you because I think as someone else said, Jagielka made Lacazette look like uh, Umar Nias with a concussion. So (laughs) (laughs) he really didn't. It's that's perfect. Arsenal are a very good attacking team. We've seen it. They had some pretty good chances. This game to score, Aaron Ramsey had that volley. Uh, Mkhitaryan had a nice uh, run cutting inside and, and almost put a curler in the far post on the in the far corner. So this is a very good team, but they didn't really have much beyond that in the way of creating chances. And much of that comes to our defensive resolve. Our press had them struggling all game. We know that Arsenal are a team that like to play out of the back, and they're they're unwillingness to deter or deviate from that strategy I think was a huge contributor to their their problems in the first half because Sigurdsson ran his legs off Calvert-Lewin who we also really haven't mentioned much what a game he had just on both sides of the ball pressing he had a couple really nice runs uh, on the back line like pressing the keeper making it difficult for him to play out and just resorting to to chaotic long balls that didn't really come to much. And then we were winning everything in the air. His hold-up play, incredible. 
it's hard to talk about this game because there were just so many good performances and you don't want to gloss over anything. Like you could have probably seven to eight shouts for man of the match. That's how good of a performance this was. And it's something we haven't had the luxury of very much at all this year. And it's crazy just because from a recording standpoint, when we do super well, when we win against Arsenal, when we win against Chelsea, it's so much easier to just get wrapped up in in recounting the match. And I know you feel the same way. Like just just remembering every fantastic detail. And it's so much harder to just be methodical and 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 keep it straight to the point or the, the points that we wanted to make previously as compared to, you know, our uh, Newcastle match that I wish I didn't have to bring up <laughs> where we could have... Come on, Alex. <laughs> Why are you going to bring it up, man? Where we could have just typed uh, two pages worth of notes and just read from the book. But uh, nonetheless, and, and, and Calvert-Lewin got the official Man of the Match award, which I think is well-deserved. Totally well-deserved. And in, there were shouts for Bernard. There's shouts for for Jags. There's shouts for Andre Gomez. You can make an argument for Ghana. He was winning a lot of tackles. Like everyone has their role within the team and everyone executed it just so well today. And another player we haven't mentioned, like they just keep popping up, Luca Dean, who was also supposedly had picked up a knock like right, right around kickoff, like five to six minutes before kickoff. And so they were worried that he wasn't going to be able to play. And then he also picked up a couple knocks. He was getting mugged by the Arsenal players and he, he soldiered on and put in another consistent rock solid performance. What a signing he's been. I'm just over the moon. Like (laughs) I've got a grin on my face right now recording. It feels great to have three wins on the bounce to have two wins against the top six after not beating one of those teams for over two years. What is going on in the world of Everton right now? It's it's crazy, but I love it. it. It's amazing. And you know what? To your point about Luca Dean, you know, having the Arsenal players dig at him quite a few times, when you really think about it, that just proves to you that from the beginning, they knew what a threat Everton was or is, and they had to resort to things like that to try to stop the best defender in the league, Luca Dean, the best fullback in the league, Luca Dean. What I will say from an objective standpoint, I do think that Kevin Friend, we got the benefit of the doubt on fouls more often than Arsenal did. They were flopping. There was a lot of questionable stuff, but it seemed like, and I'm not complaining because for, you know, totally deserved to have the ref on our side for once because it's been the opposite way for much of the year. But there were times when I thought that Arsenal were, we we had a couple, you know, cheap shots on them and we had they had a couple on us and they ended up with four yellow cards so testament to just the hard work and and the resilience of our squad and then gomez picked up one uh, late on in the game but overall i thought the referee managed the game well overall a sound performance and there was that one the one that i that i really didn't like was the calvert lewin the dead on sprint and i believe it was socrates that he beat to the ball and just a really cynical challenge, like right on the sideline. And if that is in the middle of the field, that's a straight red. But because of the position the ball's in, um, he, he gets off with just a yellow. Yeah, I agree with you. And I and you know what? You're so sensible for talking about Kevin Friend kind of being on our side. I'd like to quote Dave Chappelle here in a <laughs> in a non R rated rated manner. And I'm just gonna say, cause F him, that's why. Yeah, exactly. And we're at home and the crowd was up for it. 
crowd was bouncing. I saw as the uh, we had the sirens again. That's true. And the flags waving in the Gladys Street end. It's great stuff. And the attitude, the mood around the team from two months ago couldn't be more different. I think Marco Silva kind of weathered the storm, and it was to be expected for the first season that there would be ups and downs. We started off on a high note. We started off with with some really strong performances. The inconsistency is to be expected and was there, and now it's starting to gel back together. And there's a real togetherness about this team that is that can't be you know lauded enough. And that goes directly to the manager and his ability to, to bring the squad together, especially with all the new faces. It seems like they all really get along and enjoy playing with one another. And that in itself leads to stronger performances. It does. And I saw on Reddit, actually right before recording, so one of the fans on the Everton subreddit posted or shared a link. And I think most people know, or a lot of the diehard fans know, that Leighton Baines is really into like photography and and he's pretty tight with like Tom Davies and Phil Jagielka. Um, you know, Leighton Baines is very hipster-esque. But uh, point being, apparently he snaps Polaroids for all the players that get man of the match. And so while Dom posted his picture as man of the match with his little uh, whatever it is, trophy-ish thing. Um, you can call it a trophy. It's more like a stick. Yeah. I, I didn't want to call it a box. So, I, I mean... Good for Dom. But point is, Baines took a little Polaroid picture, printed out right there with him in it, and he wrote, congrats, lad, Boz. And I think that is just the nicest, like, most wholesome team dad thing ever. Like, the only other thing he could have done at that point would have been to bring the orange slices and and, uh, and the uh, fruit juice, dude. Yeah, the Gatorade. Yeah. I love Leighton Baines. I think his whole persona as in a world where the prof- this is totally on a tangent and we'll get back to the game no, in a we won't. bit but this is all I want like to talk his about. <laughs> he is just so unlike most professionals in that he doesn't do most social media he actually does have an instagram if you can find it it's very low key um and it's a pretty cool follow cuz he does a lot of cool photography stuff and he just seems like the type of guy who just loves to play for Everton and doesn't really care about the attention or developing like a brand or doing any of those sorts of things that are basically commonplace. And there's nothing wrong with it. It's the way the game is now, but to have like an outlier like that, a player who's just an authentic, just nice guy, cool guy with like a real personality and has things that interest him outside of the game. I think, I think that that is a valuable thing to have in the locker room at times. And there, but then the camaraderie among the players on social media is also really cool to see when you've got Richarlison posting videos, congratulating <laughs> Bernard on his goal last week. If you haven't seen that, that's hilarious. unbelievable. Check it out. Like they, they're, they're joking with each other in a very public way, which because we don't see much of the players in that capacity as fans, it's, it's nice to get a window into what's going on and nice to just get that feeling that, and this is a philosophical debate about the authenticity of social media, but it does feel very authentic coming from them, even though sometimes a lot of that stuff might not be. It definitely does. And I just like to see, I'm a stickler for like a positive locker room. Being a Steelers fan, uh, you might laugh at me. <laughs> <laughs> I will. I not will anymore because there's no negativity left. But point is, um, it's just nice to see that Baines is going out of his way to support like a young player like Dom who's, who's, you know, who's finally found form. Like he's, he's 
really just now starting his career. Whereas Leighton, on the other hand, has been a shoe in or a boot in. Get it? Nice. Um, nice. <laughs> at left back for Everton for a decade. And all of a sudden, you know, we bring in Luca Dean. And next thing you know, he just can't find minutes. But he's just there being a good sport, like being a good teammate, being a good role model to this these young players in this locker room. And that's what makes all the difference too. And, you know, this is getting even further off, but I think we have, you know, talked about pretty much all the positives of the match. You know, people talked or people were asking on Reddit, is it time or should we give Baines and Jags, you know, that one year contract extension, which I know you and I have had this conversation before. What do you think now? Yes. I say it's a, it's a firm. Yes. A one year extension for both of them. I think Jaggy Elka has found his perfect role in, in this capacity. If he's okay with this role, then sign him up. If he wants to get more regular first team football, then I wouldn't begrudge him one bit. And I, I, you know, we'd send him off in a deserving fashion. But if he's okay with that bit part, like rotational, come in when needed center back position, he showed today that he's still up for it. His his physical abilities may be starting to wane, but his his football IQ is still as good as it ever was, if not better. And Baines, I think, is the same way. And then you, in addition to just their on-field ability, you have their off-field contribution to, and I, I tweeted this quote uh, from Marco Silva that was talking about, you know, you have to instill the culture of the club into the players as they come in. And who better to, to you know, lead that charge than two long-term veterans like Leighton Baines and Phil Jagielka, especially considering that we're, we're probably going to have a whole slew of new signings coming in in the summer. And that culture is what defines the club. It's what the fans want. It's what makes us want to be fans in the first place. That authenticity, that realness about the the players and the fight for the shirt and knowing what the shirt means. And I just think that they're both excellent ambassadors for that. And it would be a shame to see either of them go the wages and and you know all of the those additional factors that come in could change that. But at face value, do I want Phil Jagielka and Leighton Baines to have a year extension? I say both of them absolutely, hundred percent. I like what you said, James. I agree with you, right? Like, as, I mean, I've been saying that for since the beginning of the season, but but we can still beat that drum. Like, let's get Marcel Brands on the phone. Sign him up, Marcel. Honestly, we're really close. Like, they're already posting your picture in the match day program. Like. <laughs> They sent Aussie to you, not, you know, you to him. So at this rate, uh, you might be on the team soon. Who knows? Yeah, sign me up. Give me a par- give me a part-time role. I'll clean the kits. I'll do whatever. I'll uh I'll I'll take that responsibility. <laughs> just get me in the locker room. I just wanna like I just wanna A, I wanna give Bernard a hug. Like just hug him. <laughs> you just wanna you just so... wanna pick him up and <laughs> No, I won't pick him up. That's patronizing. But I just wanna like give him a hug and tell him he's amazing. I would I would love to just like go get a beer with Leighton Baines. Like that'd be super cool. Um, but we've gone like way off the rails. It doesn't it's, matter. It's People nice to not be us. like, yeah, it's not, it's nice to not just be like commiserating and be like, where are the next points going to come from? Oh my God. We've got to bin off the whole team. This is horrible. I hate life. It's a much more positive atmosphere. And now five games left. I don't really see, unless we lose all five, I just, and I don't see that happening. Just maintain the consistent levels of performance. And if there's a little slip up along the way, which I'm sure there'll be, that's fine. If anything else, Marco Silva has cemented, I think he's deservedly cemented his role next season 
And I think he's done a lot to convince a lot of the naysayers that, that weren't sure that he's the guy. I think he's shown that he does have the potential to be that guy, if not shown that he's already that guy. 100%. Marcel Brands is the man. I think, and, and, and to your point about the wages and, and Baines and Jag Yelka getting a contract extension, that may just be contingent upon how many people that he can get out the door again this summer, right? Because we have legitimately 10 players on very high wages that should be moved on in the summer. I mean, you, you, yeah, and we'll, we'll, we'll definitely be doing an episode. 100%. To talk about all those really. outgoings. But like Kevin Morales can F off. Goodbye. Williams, forever. Sandro. Yeah, there's, there's, there's a ton. But I mean, it's actually interesting to, to think specifically about Kevin Morales and Ashley Williams, two players who have had really negative attitudes and I think a negative overall impact on team chemistry for a couple of years, for, for some time now. And that's just on the field. I don't know how they are as teammates every day in training. So I don't want to take, take this too far of a stretch, but Kevin Morales, it goes back to like that penalty that he stole off of uh, Baines several years ago. And then Williams getting in fights and just being an overall kind of just a jerk. Those, those types of players I think are in the past for us. And now we have sunny days ahead of Andre Gomez and Richarlison and Bernard. And I might just like have a lovely dream that I'm, that I'm hanging out with them all tonight and it'll be just magical. I think you need to start off by telling your parents what you just told us because, uh, (laughs) I think they call that coming out of the closet, James. No, no, no. (laughs) just kidding. Just kidding. I just love them. I just love Everton, man. I'm happy for the first time, probably since before the Derby. I feel really good. Well, nonetheless, if you have not already tweet at us with us, help us get James, his match day program, whether you can send us an extra copy and we'll send you money or that is, you know, bullying Everton or or just the uh <laughs> just the Everton social media manager um please help us make it happen James and I will be on the mostly soccer podcast on Tuesday so look out for that episode we may or may not do our own pre-match episode I'm I think we're leaning towards we are right James I think so at this at this moment in time I think so yeah All right so so we also should have our own episode out maybe Wednesday or, or Thursday too so Look out for all those things, and until next time, because F them, that's why. Thanks for tuning in to the American Toffee Podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at USA Toffee Pod to stay up to date on the latest episode releases and Everton news. And we'll see you guys next time. 